T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Ostrowski, Knights on 670 The Score. This place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't, but uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that, so excuse my language, all right? Here's what I do know, is that this team is going to take on the identity of this city, all right? And the city's been been down and it found a way to get up all right it's found a way to uh, overcome adversity all right and so this team's going to be built on uh, we're going to kick you in the teeth all right and when you punch us back we're going to smile at you and when you knock us down we're going to get up and on the way up we're going to bite a kneecap off all right and we're going to stand up and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down all right and on the way up we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. Uh, uh, what? Let's go to Joe. You're live. What's up? Talk to me, Joe. Joe Ostrowski. We couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Night 6 to 10. That being said, I hate Joe Ostrowski. On 670, the score. So what are they doing, Joe? What are they doing? Yeah, you can always laugh at the Lions. Even as a Bears fan, you can laugh at the Lions no matter what. As down as things look right now, and and maybe that could turn. Maybe that could turn. I'm going to talk to you about that over the next 10 minutes. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. My name, Joe Ostrowski. Downtown in our studios, we've got Rick Camp. He'll be popping on throughout the evening, and uh, I'll be here until 10 o'clock. we got a lot going on. A ton. We're going to break down the NFC Championship game in 20 minutes. We'll get the Packers perspective from Ryan Horvat at 12.50, the fan. At 7.40, my old co-host, usually late on Saturday nights. It throws there. Least amount of people listening. Can't get us in too much trouble. Uh, John Mamola, he is the program director of 95.3 WDAE down in Tampa Bay. I'm going to talk to him about why his team is going to lose and how much they're going to lose by coming up on Sunday in the Final Four matchup. Hey, can't really talk too much mess. His team got a lot further than this team ever dreamed of. 8 o'clock hour, we'll do some breakdowns of the games with the great Matt Bowen. You see him on ESPN matchup all the time. Had an opportunity to speak with him earlier today over at my Radio.com sports betting show, Bet Sweats, and have a big announcement coming up over the next couple of days about Bet Sweats. Really thrilled to share the news uh, with you guys on that. 
Phone lines are open. Now's one of the few opportunities you'll have to jump on. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. If you're following the movement, not just with the head coaching carousel in the National Football League, but uh, what's happening with the Bears, well, it's uh, pretty obvious. A lot of coaches jumping ship, and you can understand why. 8-8, eight and 8-8, eight, eight and eight, run it back. Must improve, aging defense, spending half your, no, more than half, two-thirds of your money on defense, and, okay, now it's going to flip. Now it's going to flip. You don't have a quarterback. Don't know who the quarterback of the future is, and you've got to win right now. Coaches are like, I'm out, man. I'm out. They were likely going to move on from Chuck Pagano. They said, we can fire you or you can retire. He decided to retire. Defensive line coach, Jay Rogers, he's gone. He's going to the Chargers. They have, I guess, after one year, you can say franchise quarterback. They found their franchise quarterback after one year. A year ago at this time, there are a lot of people saying that Herbert wouldn't be as successful at this level. Proved all his doubters wrong. Jay Rogers is gone. Some considered him as uh, someone that could have replaced Chuck Pagano here. Not happening. Cornell reports Charles London, running backs coach. He's out. Going to Atlanta. Another new regime. How about Dave Ragone? He's gone. Passing game coordinator with the Atlanta Falcons. Coaches are bolting. Why? Very little job security here. It's, It's a situation where you must win now. It's 2021. You've got to win now, and you don't have a quarterback. Well, of course I'm going to go. At least I'm buying myself some time. Even if I'm not taking a big step up in my career, I'm buying myself some time. It's probably one more year here. And if you take a look at the schedule, the way things are shaping up, probably not going to be a pretty 2021. If they max out this current roster, if they max it out, maybe 8-8 eight and eight again. Maybe. If everything goes right, and we don't even know the number one receiver on the team. But if everything goes right, what do you do? How do things fall for the Bears? They're going to compete with this Packers team? I mean, Matt LaFleur has elevated himself, being one of the better play callers, better head coaches in the National Football League. And I get it. It helps that you have Aaron Rodgers. But look at what's happened in Season 2. So how's Year 3 going to go? Bears are going to get to that level? Please. Please. They can't compete right now with them. So coaches are leaving the Bears coaching staff, certainly understandable. It You would assume it's calling in a favor, but Mike Singletary hasn't coached 2016, huh? James Betcher, at one time, one of the hotter D coordinator names out there. Uh, George Edwards, there's a few, a few other names, but I mean that's the big hire. And not only is the big hire because it's up there, it's... Under Matt Nagy, you got the coordinators. But in this particular situation, the defense has to be top five. With a game record like Khalil Mack, with all of the playmakers you have when things are going well, with the return of Eddie Goldman, you would assume. And you've also got to fix Quinn. You can't have a repeat of 2020, and you need a big bounce back from Eddie Jackson. The coach that gets hired to take that spot will have a lot of pressure on them, not only because of everything I just mentioned. 
And who knows? They might have to move on from some players to cut some money. But not only do you have to be top five, year one with likely a new group of guys, assuming it's not someone already here. So you've got that heat on you. It might be a year. Clean house. Think you're going to hold over to the random new coach? No, it's not going to happen. So I understand why these coaches are leaving. It makes all the sense in the world. you got to win with defense. So that is, is it really an appealing job? you got talent, but there's a lot of heat on you. New group of guys, new system. You've got to win right now, and you've got to win with your side of the ball because we don't have a quarterback, we don't have an offense, maybe we don't have a number one wide receiver anymore. So... Yeah, there are D coordinators getting hired. Hasn't happened here with the Chicago Bears. And I certainly understand why. Rick Camp, any uh, any favorite in the clubhouse? Anybody that you're expecting to get the job? I got I've, nothing, man. Yeah, I, I don't really, know. What, I, I really don't know don't. if they're going to switch systems. I have no idea what he's going to do. Right. But this is so big. Not, not only... Everything I just mentioned about the Heat and got to be a top five defense, all the money they're spending on that side of the ball. Not only that, but it's all you. It's all you because Matt Nagy's been hands off since he walked into this town on defense, whether it was Fangio or Pagano. Hands off. I'm working on the offense. One thing that I know has been making the rounds a little bit lately is just the, the concept of why on offense – we're always looking for, and organizations are always looking for the next thing. But how many times with defensive coordinators are you always looking for the retreads? Like, how did that go with Chuck Pagano? Hmm. Not that great. That's why, and maybe, and it's not just because it was on our airways, but just hearing Sam Acho speak about someone like Sean Desai got me more excited for someone like him than necessarily a guy who's a retread. Because if, He's a guy that was essentially in Vic Fangio's shadow while he was Vic Fangio's shadow while he was there. That sounds good to me from a guy that Sam Acho put on this on par with Brandon Staley in terms of being smart and being the X's and O's guy that could also say not just what was happening, but why it was happening. So right or wrong, right or wrong, two years ago, you decided to go with the retread and Chuck Pagano and you let – I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach, but there's a reason he's gone from, what was it, John Carroll to, to head coach of the Chargers in a number of four years. So maybe, maybe they end up doing that. That would make a lot of sense to me. See, a, a lot of times these coaches think that you get security with experience. Not so much. Maybe you're missing out on something great. And something great left to your system, and he took the same job with the Broncos. And phenomenal uh, with the Rams as the D coordinator, D coordinator, and we'll find out who, how he is with the Chargers. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, the score 312-644-6767. Writing a wrong. Let's make that the theme here at the top. Writing a wrong. Most times I hear Deshaun Watson to the Bears, I kind of roll my eyes. Like, yeah, they don't have the assets. The only thing the Bears really have going for them is they desperately need a quarterback, and they're not in the AFC. So you would think maybe the Texans would be more likely to work with the Bears. But I'll tell you this. Opportunities like this, if it's a real opportunity, 
opportunities like this don't come along very often in the NFL. And I talked about it on the show on Monday. I'm not going to stop talking about it because for some reason this fan base doesn't get it yet. No matter how many times we go through this, when we're sitting here in the Final Four stage, on Championship Sunday on the way, it's as simple as this. You have to score points. You have to be a top five offense if you want a real shot. You want to spin at the wheel every single year. You have to get a quarterback. You have to score a lot of points. It's not being an average offense, being middle of the road. You have to have a great offense. The top three vote-getters in the MVP award this year are three quarterbacks that are going to be playing on Sunday. It happens every year, and it's a storyline every year. Wow. Look, Final Four, three of those teams are top five in the NFL in scoring. Four, all four of the, those are the top four scoring teams this year. Yeah, it's not hard. you got to score a lot of points to win a bunch of games, and you need great quarterback play now. So every decision about that position, it's not can they be average. We did that a year ago. Stop doing that. It's not about being average and saying, oh, we have a great defense. Uh-uh. That's not how you win in this game. Not anymore. T formation, those years, cool. 80s, absolutely. 90s, still, yeah, you could. Those days are long gone. Multiple eras ago. Got to be elite on offense. Got to score points. Uh, the, the formula that we saw this year is top five offenses, middle-of-the-road defenses, and they got here. We all know it is very tough to find elite quarterback play to pick the right move, to make the right move, rather. If Watson's really available. It's elite quarterback play, and maybe he's available. You have to bring it to the point where you make them think about it. Make it a hard decision. If I'm running the Texans, I'm not responding to anyone. That's me. Make them think about it. There isn't anything that I would not consider. You get a young player entering his prime, or just in his prime now, and that's a big window, guys. Big window. Look at the guys retiring. Now, Breeze hasn't made it official, but we all know he's going to the TV booth, and he probably should have retired two years ago if he timed it perfectly. But it's time. It's time. The way that ended, it was kind of sad last week. 20 years. 20 years of Drew Breeze. Phillip Rivers, I was surprised by that one. Because he played well with the Colts. I thought he was going to give it another go, but maybe he t took a look at the AFC and all these quarterbacks that he has to beat. Like, yeah, I'm not going to beat Mahomes and or Josh Allen and or LeVar Jackson. And now Herbert's here. Okay, this is too much. 17 years out of Phillip Rivers. Big Ben's still going. 17 years. He got a couple rings. Eli went for 16 years. You get Deshaun Watson just a few years into his career. 
And I hear people say, well, <laughs> you can't do the Herschel Walker trade. Yes, you can. I can do better. And yes, you should consider that. The Herschel Walker trade was three ones and three twos. And they swapped, you know, gave him some mediocre defensive players, swapped some threes, all that stuff. But the selling point was three ones, three twos. Yes. I hear reports, well, it'll take three ones. Okay, that's it? That's my response? You just traded multiple ones for someone on defense. This is a top quarterback, and you could argue, where is he? Top, top five, top seven, whatever. I don't care. At this stage in his career, it isn't just the most important position. It's everything in this league. It's everything. You tell me, what do you want, elite offense or elite defense? Well, the elite offenses keep going. The elite defenses are at home. They're all at home. Now, Tampa Bay, you can make the case they're really good. They are by far the best defense alive. And I think they're going home on Sunday. Packers-Rams, what happened? The great offense beat the great defense. Keeps happening. Now, these middle-of-the-road defenses did play some good ball this past round. I will absolutely admit that. But to get to this point... The great offenses are here, guys. That's what's left. You think it's a coincidence? Last five, six years, however ba- far back you want to go. I just went to 2015, and, well, it's the common thread. And it's not going away anywhere. That's how you get to this point. Not about average quarterback play. No matter what they want to convince themselves over at 1920 Football Drive, that ain't it. So Lewis Riddick is on with Mike Greenberg today. And as many of you know, he is tight with Matt Nagy. In fact, four days ago on Twitter, he tweeted to the world responding uh, to someone coming after him on Twitter. Which is a different conversation. It was about the Chiefs coach, coaching coaching staff and Biennemi and all that. And he went out of his way to say he's very good friends with Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson. Keep that in mind. Here's Lewis Riddick today with Greeny. I can tell you this, Matt Nagy loves Deshaun Watson. You think right now he isn't trying to figure out a way to get in the mix for that discussion? I guarantee you he is. I guarantee, guarantee. That's really good friend of Matt Nagy, Lewis Riddick, today. I guarantee you he is. I guarantee, guarantee. Today, some uh, someone tweeted... To Lewis Riddick, talking about Watson, he should go to the Chicago Bears. Lewis Riddick puts a bear down emoji and then a thinking emoji. Matt Miller, who you hear regularly with Dan Bernstein and Layla Rahimi, responds to Riddick and says, I can't see Watson waving his no trade for a team that didn't even talk to him pre-draft when the same regime is in leadership there. Riddick's response Matt Nagy wasn't in Chicago when he came out. He was still in KC. This isn't just Pace's show anymore. Rick Camp, what was the theme uh, when the four of them got together on with the media? What was the theme? What were they saying? Uh, collaboration. Again again? 
collaborate, 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 something the general manager in hiding did not do in 2017 when he took the quarterback number two overall, one of the biggest busts that we've seen. Didn't collaborate. What's the theme? They collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. A year ago, the quarterback they landed on was Nick Foles. Gave up assets, gave him too much money, whatever. That's a Matt Nagy call. It's clear. Tied Ties to Foles, brought in a bunch of Foles' coaches. Okay. You think this next quarterback isn't Matt Nagy's choice? Of course it is. Of course. You don't get many opportunities. I don't know what this is real. I don't know. Maybe where there's smoke, there's fire. But if you have an opportunity to get a young quarterback, probably going to play 15, 16, 17 years in this league. You have to do it. Anything is on the table. Anything. Anything. Any player. Khalil Mack is there. Any number of draft picks is on the table to fix that position. You know, and some say, oh, well, get your own guy. Go draft your own guy. A younger guy. You know what? I'll take the security of knowing what Deshaun Watson is at this level with uh, – for the most part, a poor offensive line for his time in Houston. For the most part. So, this is still hanging out there. Still hanging out there. Don't get opportunities like this very often. You don't. And if Ryan Pace can get this done, you know what happens? If Deshaun Watson becomes a bear, no matter what you give up, everybody's safe. Everybody. Deshaun Watson doesn't come here and he gets one year with Matt Nagy and they fire everyone. No. Not unless it's uh, clear that you have to blow everything up and no, that's not going to happen. If you land Deshaun Watson, everybody is safe. Quarterback play, look, look at the year he had with no weapons with the Texans. Nothing. Now you start working on the offense finally. Finally get up to speed, figure out, oh, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to spend the most money in the league on defense. Probably a really bad idea and only spending $63 million on offense. Yeah, let's stop doing that. Let's start spending money on offense because that's how you win. That's how you get to the Final Four. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. The score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. So the Packers and Bucks are in the Final Four. They scored a lot of points this year, so they made it to the Final Four of the playoffs. Be going at it championship Sunday. Let's hear from both sides. Packers side, then the Bucks side with Momola later in the hour. But coming up next, we'll check in with Ryan Horvath from 1250 The Fan in Milwaukee to talk about this matchup. This is Joe Osho on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Sports Radio 670, the score on a Thursday evening. This is Joe Ostrowski with you. We're all looking forward to the NFC Championship game. At least I am. At least I am. I think they're both great games. Point spread would suggest that sitting around a field goal. Now this NFC game has gone back and forth three to three and a half a little bit. So we'll see. It's leaning towards going back to three and a half. We'll see uh, if it ends up doing that. And let's go back to back. Let's get the perspective from Green Bay. Then we'll also go down to Tampa Bay. But first, let's head up north. 
check in with our friend Ryan Horvat from 1250 The Fan at Ryan Horvat on Twitter. And guess what? We're going to be working together in the morning. He's going to be co-hosting Bet Sweats with me at 9 a.m. on the radio.com app live. And then the podcast will be out later in the day. What's going on, Ryan? Not much, Joe. I just want to thank you personally, first and foremost, because uh, I wake up every morning for our morning show, which begins uh, Central Time, 5 a.m. So I get up around 3 a.m. And my son is at home right now because he has a broken femur and he's doing virtual learning. So he doesn't go to bed until about 11 p.m. So I get to sleep in a full hour or two tomorrow. So I just want to thank you, man, for that, because it's championship week and I need all the rest I could get because I've been stressing out over this game. Uh, I, I mean, Tampa Bay, I was really, really, really rooting for New Orleans, believe it or not, uh, last last Sunday in this one. So we'll see what happens this week. I would have been too. You know, if I'm a Packer fan, I'm definitely rooting for New Orleans. It didn't come to fruition for you. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to go against Drew Brees in the postseason. But the Bucks D took care of that with those four turnovers in that game. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I think the Saints, I said this all week, man, I think the Saints are a better football team. I think they're better. I think they have, I'm not going to say they have the better weapons offensively. I think that would be Tampa Bay, but defensively special teams, you know, if you look at the coaching staff, I think that the Saints were the better football team. I have this take that the Saints, they, they pretty much sacrificed a berth in the NFC championship game or possibly even a Super Bowl berth by staying loyal or showing loyalty to Drew Brees. I thought they should have moved on last year. He was clearly the reason they lost to Minnesota in the playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater was undefeated for him. He threw, what, seven touchdowns to one interception. And even this year with Taysom Hill in there, honestly, the best ball that was thrown for New Orleans was Jameis Winston. I thought he would have given them a better shot. So I think the Saints were the better football team, but that's the crazy thing. I would have rather faced Drew Brees in the cold weather at Lambeau Field than Tom Brady, who's clearly used to playing in the cold weather from – you know, the two decades he spent in New England. Sounds strange to say, but they actually missed Taysom Hill over the weekend. Just oh. that threat. I, th- I think they could have helped them get into the end zone a little bit. But a- as far as this week goes, Packers and the Bucks, we saw them face off back in week six. And it's always a debate. Do you take much into it? Uh, these regular season games, especially one played in week number six. And it was so long ago. These are completely different teams. Now, this matchup when Tampa Bay rolled Green Bay 38 to 10, it just feels like Rodgers threw the pick six game got completely out of hand. The yards per play in favor of Tampa 5.1 to 3.3 Green Bay has been a juggernaut offensively all season long. And they only uh, gather 201 yards in that game. Are, are we taking a little bit? or nothing or a good amount from this matchup when it comes to Sunday? So I did the old film breakdown actually this week. I went back and I watched that week six game. And then I watched the condensed versions of week seven all the way through last week against the Rams again to see what they've changed. And if you go back to the week six loss, yeah, I take away a lot, man, because they've actually, believe it or not, completely changed the offense uh, since that game. Now in that game, Uh, As you mentioned, so what the Packers have done all year is they get off to hot starts. They outscore teams in the first quarter. The point differential is ridiculous, but it's really the second quarter where they do their uh, where they do their damage. They have like a plus 125 point differential. They've scored like 267 points just in the second quarter this season. They've scored in the second quarter of every game this year, except for the Tampa Bay game. And in that game, like you said, I mean, they have a 10-0 lead in that game. Rodgers throws a pick six, which is very rare. And then he throws an interception on his next attempt. 
Uh, Rodgers hadn't thrown back-to-back interceptions since I believe like 2007, 2008, something ridiculous like that. Since then, they've really committed to running the football on early downs. In fact, they had the perfect balance against the Rams. What concerns me about Tampa Bay, man, is just their linebackers, though. They have the linebackers that are able to play sideline to sideline and shut Aaron Jones down. So in that game, in the second half especially, I get it, you're playing from behind, but they didn't commit to running the football. They just stopped running the football. And Jamal Williams, I believe, in that game was averaging like six or seven yards per carry. Uh, Aaron Jones was shut down in the game, but they just stopped running the football. Also in that game, uh, Aaron Rodgers, they blitzed the hell out of him, man. He was sacked three times on the blitz. He was picked off twice. That was against the blitz. And the reason that happened was because the Packers, again, they couldn't run the football. Also in that game, left tackle David Bakhtiari was injured. He's out for the rest of the year. Now he tore his ACL in practice, obviously, before uh, week 17 against Chicago. So they're going to be without him again. But they've really changed uh, their play calling, especially. They're running a lot more two tight end formations. Uh, They're using Alan Lazard a little bit more. He's back now. In the two tight end formations, they use him a lot just because, as you saw, like late in the game in the fourth quarter with that dagger on that touchdown catch, they're able to use him, obviously, as a wide receiver. But in those formations, he's able to block an outside linebacker and even a defensive end. So I think they're going to be able to run the football a little bit better against this Tampa Bay front four. And I think Rodgers is going to get rid of the ball really quickly. It's going to be interesting to see um, if Tampa Bay dials up that blitz again, though, man, because, you know, you don't see a whole lot of teams blitz Aaron Rodgers since then. Carolina did, especially in the second half when they struggled. I think Rodgers was sacked like three or four times in that game. Other than that, though, he hasn't been touched all season long. You know, everybody's like, what's the the main difference between uh, from, you know, Rodgers this year and Rodgers the last two years where he had some struggles? Well, this year he's year two in the uh, in the playbook with Matt LaFleur. It's a very complicated offense. And also he's only been sacked like 21, 22 times this season. He's not getting hit at all. He's getting rid of the ball quickly. He's getting older. So obviously you don't want him taking those hits. I think that there's some stuff that you take away from week six, but also they've improved since week six. This is a much better football team. I also think this is a better Buccaneers football team though, too. So that's scary. That's right. Yeah. And and you've seen every snap for Rogers. It just seems like a a lot of the things that we saw in that game, they're not going to happen this time. Like you mentioned Rogers, he's great against the blitz. If you look at PFF against the blitz, he's got the third best passing grade in the league. And then his worst game of the year by far was this game against Tampa when they blitzed a season high 21 times. You've got to think that Todd Bowles is going to bring the heat again. And Rogerson is going to let that happen. And, and in this specific matchup, Adams, who is proven to be the number one receiver in the game right now, it was his first game back from an injury. And Lazard, big part of the offense last week, he wasn't even playing. Right, exactly. And see, again, they went away from doing what they've done all season long, and that's run the football. In fact, a crazy number that I saw, a crazy stat. So they ran the ball against the Rams. I didn't think they were going to be able to run the ball against the Rams. The Rams went into that game giving up only 93 yards a game, only like 3.6 yards per carry. And Green Bay ran the ball 36 times in that game, which was the most in a playoff game where Aaron Rodgers has been their starting quarterback. They mixed it up, man. I mean, on first down passing the ball, Rodgers was 11 of 18. And by being able to run the ball, then the Rams had to start playing cover four quarters coverage, and they started cheating their safeties, uh, John Johnson and then um, Jordan Fuller. They were playing shallow, trying to stop the run, and that's where Rodgers, all season long, he's killed teams with play action. Against the Rams, 7 to 10, 102 yards and a touchdown pass on the season. Aaron Rodgers in play action, when using play action, 22 touchdown passes, no interceptions. 
So I think that that's the difference between this Packers team. And I'm not just saying this as a homer and the other teams where you had the letdown in the NFC title game against Seattle, uh, the NFC title loss against Atlanta, those teams, you had Eddie Lacy, you had James Starks, but you didn't have a backfield like you do now. They're able to run the football. And again, that opens up the play action for Rodgers. And he's been great this year, especially throwing the ball downfield. Whereas last year, we didn't know if he could make all the throws anymore. This year, I think he's proved that he's still an elite quarterback as he's most likely about to win the MVP here in a few short weeks. Joe Osho, Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guest, Ryan Horvat, 1250, The Fan, up in Milwaukee at Ryan Horvat on Twitter. Why has Green Bay's defense improved so much over the course of the second half of the season? You know, that's a great question because they really have, you know, especially when Tennessee came to Lambeau Field, I thought that Derrick Henry was going to rush for 175 yards against that run defense. And they kind of held him in check. I say that he still rushed for 98 yards, but if you look at Derrick Henry's numbers, I mean, that's holding him in check. The secondary has improved. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just they're healthy. Now, Kevin King missed some time this year. You need Kevin King out there. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. He's actually going to be a free agent at the end of the season. And then Jair Alexander, again, a lot of people call me a homer for this take. I think right now he's the best corner in the game. Look at his age. I know there's guys like Stephon Gilmore. I know that there's Jalen Ramsey, but you saw what Devontae did against Jalen Ramsey on 70% of the snaps last week. Jair Alexander Look what he did against Mike Evans. Mike Evans caught, what, one ball on three targets? If you look what he did against the Rams, uh, he was targeted only three times. He gave up one reception for negative four yards. I think he's the best corner in the league. The reason that maybe he doesn't get, you know, the recognition that he deserves is because the numbers don't really jump off the page, and that's because nobody targets the guy. So the interception numbers aren't out there, and also he plays in Green Bay. If he was in a bigger market, I think maybe he'd be a bigger name. Uh, and then other than that, you know, Mike Pettin has switched some things around a little bit. Like last week against Jared Goff, because he can't move out of the pocket, they switched and they played more man-to-man. What drives us nuts in Green Bay is third and three. You know, all season long, they played this soft zone coverage. Now they've switched it up a little bit. They're playing more man. A couple of weeks back, you know, a couple of the players were Sean Gary, Preston, and Zadarius Smith. They actually had to go to Mike Pettin, who's the defensive coordinator, and ask him to simplify things. You know, we just want to, we want to rush the quarterback. We want to send four instead of playing this soft zone coverage. And since then, uh, they've really improved. And it was really that Tennessee game that, that made me take notice because they picked off Ryan Tannehill a couple times, forced some turnovers, and held Derrick Henry under 100 yards. Finish this sentence for me, Ryan. Matt LaFleur is? Matt LaFleur is the best coach in the NFL this season. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I, I think he is, man. I, I really do. I don't think he gets enough credit. And I think the reason that he doesn't get enough credit is because he coaches Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just last year, everybody was writing Aaron Rodgers off. Hell, the Packers wrote Aaron Rodgers off. They drafted Jordan Love, you know, in the first round. Not only did they draft Jordan Love, because people always like to compare that. Well, hey, they had Brett Favre and they drafted Aaron Rodgers. The difference there is Rodgers fell to them. Rodgers easily could have went number one in that draft, but the 49ers went with Alex Smith, whereas Jordan Love, they traded up to take Jordan Love. So obviously they thought maybe Rodgers was on the back nine of his career. He's still got four more years left on his contract. But if you look what LaFleur has done, I talked about the play calling. They're able to run the football. Uh, They're using pre-snap motion. It's crazy because we always thought the reason they didn't use any pre-snap motion or the reason that the playbook wasn't more creative we blamed it all on Mike McCarthy. Rodgers doesn't like pre-snap motion either. So LaFleur's changed him. I mean, listen to his interviews. Rodgers is a changed man. He's happy. He's cracking jokes. 
He's got these motivational speeches. I don't know what's going on with the guy, but for the first time in the last 10 years, he seems like he's happy. And I think it's because of Matt LaFleur. Now, again, I think what Kevin Stefanski did in Cleveland, um, I think he should be coach of the year. I really thought Matt LaFleur should have won coach of the year last year when they went 13-3. and But again, man, if you look at this Packers team and you look, if you look at the offense that Mike McCarthy's been running for the last 10 years before LaFleur took over, I think you'd agree with me that this is the best coach and he's getting the most out of Aaron Rodgers right now. LaFleur's never going to get his just due until he wins without Aaron Rodgers. But, But this season is so much more impressive than what we saw last year. Be honest, man. There, there was a lot of luck involved in the first half. This is real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really is. See, you know what's crazy, Joe, is that, you know, last year, everybody with this Packers team, they said this is the worst 13-3 and three football team of all time. If you look at the point differential, this is not a good football team. And I kept telling everybody it's a good football team. I just don't think they're a great football team. Right. This season, I completely bought in. I played a Super Bowl future early in the season. When Jordan Love was drafted the next week, I could show you the ticket. I played an MVP uh, a future on Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. And now I can't wait to collect that money. Oh, you will. But I, yeah. I just, I bought into this team because of Matt LaFleur and because a lot of these guys, these young players have really developed. Darnell Savage Jr. I think he's going to be one of the better safeties in the game. Rashawn Gary, everybody thought he was, was going to be a bust. Nobody understood that pick out of Michigan. He's probably their best pass rusher right now. In fact, he's second on the team in quarterback hurries, uh, only to Zadarius Smith. I talked to probably, man, before the season, obviously you do your season preview. We probably had eight or 10 guys to preview the NFC North. I would say five or six of them picked Green Bay to finish uh, second to last next to Detroit. Everybody liked Minnesota. You know, there were some guys that did like Chicago because they thought, you know, Nick Foles would work out or Trubisky would work out. Didn't end up being the case. Yeah, so I don't think anybody really bought into the Packers. And, uh, hell, I mean, you know, if you like to wager, you know, Las Vegas still doesn't even really buy into the Packers. They're finally favored in this game, but I've been making a killing off them because they don't really get the proper respect the last couple of years. Uh, so we'll have the full breakdown tomorrow morning on Bet Sweats on the free radio.com app, 9 to 11 a.m. Subscribe to the Bet Sweats podcast. We'll have the full breakdown of props, all sorts of different ways uh, to bet this game. But you're thinking Packers cover the three, right? I do. I made a prediction today and I predicted a 10 point victory. I think it's going to be close. I think the key to this game for the Green Bay Packers, obviously, is they have to take away the football. I mean, if you look like last week, legitimately Tampa Bay could have lost that game if Drew Brees doesn't throw three interceptions and if Jared Cook doesn't fumble on four of those turnovers you know they score on uh, all three of those turnovers they got to get after Brady obviously you got to hit him in the cold weather even if he is used to the cold weather I think that's the key and it always has been the key to beating Tom Brady that's how the Giants did it twice in the Super Bowls take away the football get after Brady and then obviously Rodgers is going to have to play a perfect game against this defense Joe Ostrowski with Ryan Horvat, 1250, the fan up in Milwaukee. Ryan, uh, we got the sad news today. Ted Thompson passed away at the age of 68. What is Thompson's legacy? Man, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't in Green Bay. He's not the starting, starting quarterback of the Packers still, if it isn't for Ted Thompson, who also found David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones. I mean, a lot of guys that are still on this roster right now, Ted found them. And, you know, if you talk to anybody that's ever scouted, um, they just love this guy. And, uh, you know, he was around forever. You know, the last couple of years, some people were worried about him, about his health. You know, some people thought maybe it was time for him to hang it up and maybe retire. 
Um, it's sad to see somebody pass away at only age 68, you know, as we get a little bit older, you know, our grandparents, if your grandparents are still around or your parents, you realize, man, nobody's really, nobody's going to be here forever. So definitely a sad day. It was shocking. It was kind of shocking. I, I literally, I, uh, I was working out and I looked down at my phone and I got the breaking news and, uh, obviously a sad day here in green Bay because he was responsible for, you know, a super bowl here for bringing Aaron Rodgers to green Bay. And um, yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. A lot of organizations in this league over the years, very jealous how they were able to make it work. While fans may scream about spending money in free agency, Thompson did it the right way. And there's a lot of teams that wish they could accomplish, they could draft as well as he has for many, many years. Yeah, that was the thing. You know, we would all go crazy because we would want the big name free agents. Like, remember when Randy Moss... Not how you win! (laughs) Well, yeah, exactly. But I remember when Randy Moss went to New England and Brett Favre wanted him. I was like, what is going on here? And then, you know, the last couple drafts, they reached on some picks. You know, they tried to convert some like small forwards from Miami, Ohio to play corner in like Quentin Rollins. But man, I mean, if you if you reach and you get Aaron Rodgers for the next two decades, I'd say you were pretty damn good at your job. And if you find a guy like David Bakhtiari, you know, who slips in the draft, thought he was going to be a second round pick and ends up slipping Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. I'd say you're pretty damn good at what you do. Ryan, one quick thing on basketball. Mm-hmm. Do Bucks fans love it now that they are not the heavy favorite? They're put in a spot where they have arguably the best player in the world and they can shock the world by taking down the Nets in the playoffs. You know, that's a great question. They're all really mad at me right now because I do fully <laughs> buy into I buy into the Nets. Uh, I hate this. There's only one basketball. There's only one ball thing because they're going to figure it out. I watched them last night, actually. They lost in double overtime to the Cavs, but that's because Colin Sexton uh, scored like 42 points in that game. I think they're going to figure it out. No, they hate it. Uh, they hate it here. I Everybody still thinks that the Bucks should still be the favorites. Uh, nobody thinks that the Nets are going to work out. They don't think Kyrie and James Harden are going to be able to share the basketball. I still think Kevin Durant's the best player on the planet. I said if Kevin Durant came, comes back from this injury, and he's 85% of the player that he was pre-injury, he could lead the league in scoring. And watching him last night, man, I, I think I'm right on that. But, no, they hate it. They, they, they still think that the Bucs should be the favorites. The thing that concerns me about the Bucs is depth. And then I think they need another shot creator because you could stop Giannis in the playoffs. You build a wall and you hack him. It's the new hack a shack. He can't hit free throws. The other night he was one of 10 from the foul line. So that's some scary stuff right there when your superstar who already can't shoot jumpers and is going to the rim on 85% of his, uh, you know, shot attempts can't hit free throws. That's scary. That's Ryan Horvath, 1250, the fan in Milwaukee. Ryan, talk to you in the morning, 9 a.m. Uh, for Bet Sweats. We'll be covering all of championship Sunday, all the different ways people can wager on it, all right? Thanks, Joe. Talk with you then. That's Ryan Horvat with the Packers perspective. How about the Bucks side of things? We'll check in with our old buddy, John the Rock Mamola next. Yeah, used to hear him on the score once in a while. Uh, he's down in Tampa Bay now, so we'll figure out what they're thinking with the Bucks. This is... Joe Ostrowski on Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. Joe Ocho, 670, The Score. I decided to uh, push back my guy, Rock Mamola. I said, you know, I don't want to jam you in this short segment I have here. We need some time. We need some uh, time to stretch our legs, get all the info on the Bucks, and catch up with Rocker. So we're going to move him 
uh, to 10 minutes from now at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. Joe Ostrowski with you, Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, people texting and calling in 312 644 6767. 312 644 6767. Reacting uh, to my topic to start the show, talking about Deshaun Watson and all the ties, like Lewis Riddick out there on Twitter talking about the Bears out there on radio, on television, talking about Watson to the Bears and why it could happen because Matt Day, one of his very good friends, is desperate. And he's right. The head coach is desperate. The general manager is desperate. They were put on notice. I know many of you want them gone now, and I understand that. You know I'm in agreement with you on the Ryan Pace issue, at least. But they're desperate. So how do you fix things? They tried getting the journeyman. They tried getting the guy. If he maxes out, if all things are perfect around him, maybe we can be an average offense. That didn't work. That didn't work. It didn't work with Glennon. It didn't work with the number two overall draft pick. But maybe this guy Watson is available. Make them tell you hell no. But make them think about it. You go out and get Jameis Winston. Is that going to make you a great offense? That's the move you have to make. That's what saves your job. You give this organization any sort of a signal that you could score points on a regular basis, they're in. You already fooled them by scoring against the three worst defenses in the NFL in the last month of the season. That got you another year because you scored points against literally the three worst, according to Football Outsiders DVOA. Scored points against the worst defenses and saved your jobs because you won some of those games. So imagine if you're in the middle with upside, get a great quarterback. James Winston is going to do that? Going to do that with his 30 interceptions? Come on now. Come on. Carson Wentz? By moving on from Doug Peterson, Philadelphia is telling the world, we're going to try and make it work with both of these guys. And maybe one of them is going to be our long-term quarterback. Guy that just drafted and the guy that they thought was going to be really good a few years back. Do what you have to do to get Watson or Dak Prescott. That is your only path to being a top 5 to 10 offense. And that's where you have to be. Average isn't good enough. It's not. Especially now with defense. I would not expect a bounce back with Hicks, Quinn, Trevathan all in their 30s, and now Khalil Mack is turning 30. Gave up two ones for Khalil Mack. How about a player that is much more impactful? You could make the case that the edge pass rusher is the second most important position, but number one, I don't know, five times? What do you think, Rick? Would you say the quarterback versus a great quarterback versus a great edge rusher? How much more of an impact are we talking? Three times? Five times? More? Yeah, I was thinking between. Ten? Like, <sighs> Seriously. Uh, so, okay. I, I think five is fair. Let's I look. think it's absolutely fair in, like, what, 90% okay, okay. of context? Okay, let's look at, look at it this way. How much more valuable is a healthy Patrick Mahomes against PFFs, number one edge rusher, a healthy Khalil Mack? A lot. A it's at, lot. Is, isn't it more than five times? 
four. Yeah, probably. Yeah, like it's so hard. Yeah, it's so hard to quantify what it actually is. Because he's going to score five touchdowns a game. Right. <laughs> and especially when, like, with football, there's so many other factors that go into it to, like, isolate. That's, of course, if you're going to isolate one position, that's the one you should be able to do it with. But mm-hmm. still, like, even with Deshaun Watson in Houston, they've proved there is a ceiling when you have just incompetence everywhere around the quarterback, at least. So yeah. it's still hard to tell. But if you could even say league average coach or offensive coaching then yeah then if you're weaponizing that quarterback at all then yeah it's absolutely huge man he has a lot of flaws but he might be league average in a normal situation right if things if all things are neutral he might be league average it's definitely possible yeah you know he hasn't had much to work with they're not spending any money on that side of the ball they've made their share of mistakes uh players are not developing on his side of the ball yeah back at least once at least once that's the ep rick camp i'm joe ostrowski all right let's get some bucks information check up with our guy uh catch up with our guy rock Mola. i gotta find out how the bucks are gonna do this it's a three-point spread but i don't i i've got a feeling we're gonna be talking about green bay representing the nfc in the upcoming super bowl we'll hit that next Mamola joins me i'm joe ostrowski this is 670 the score in the radio.com app we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.